Immerse yourself in the cutting-edge universe of gaming technology. Unravel how Unreal Engine is forging the future of game production, transcending visual boundaries and reshaping user experiences. Discover how the unachievable is becoming reality. Join us now in episode 2329, when your hosts Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will answer the fascinating question, how is Unreal Engine changing game production on the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast? Hello and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. And if you're new to our podcast, thanks for stopping by. Uh, in today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great fan question uh, submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. Uh, this question is by Liam R. from Tallahassee, Florida. And Liam asked the CG Bros, how is Unreal Engine changing game production? My name is Bill Johnston, and I'm a veteran in the gaming world, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for more than 20 years now. Seems like just yesterday, but time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it, Sean? Sure does. And I'm Sean, his brother, a professional CG artist and animator, also in the video games industry with over two decades of experience. Uh, today, I'm currently a principal animator for a game company in San Diego, and we're uh, grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider podcast. Uh, hey, Bill, game production's gone through some impressive changes, right? Over the years, technological uh, advancements have uh, really changed the game, no pun intended, right? Some amazing stuff, absolutely. Yep. In today's uh, podcast, we're discussing how Unreal Engine and the tools they've created have revolutionized the process of creating games, making them more realistic, immersive, and enjoyable uh, in some super impressive ways. Uh, thanks again for a great question, Liam. So, Bill, let's get into this. Well, why don't we start with a little background of uh, game production and development, Sean? What is game production? <laughs> Super simple. You do it every day, and I do it every day. Um, well, well, you know, but, it, it's a it's a pretty it, it seems simple enough, but it's a very complicated you know endeavor because there's so many things that have to work together uh, at the same time. It's a it's basically a real time uh, endeavor, and uh, that's one of the areas where Unreal has really kind of. Uh, revolutionized, you know, the, the industry. And it's not just, uh, you know, through some of the tools they use, but there's a lot of technology that's really assisted in this development as well. Uh, we've gone, come through some really amazing technolo technological changes. And we, we had a great uh, podcast last week where we talked about how NVIDIA has really uh, helped change the game, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, as well. So uh, let's go ahead and, and talk maybe a bit, bit about uh, where where uh, Unreal came from. I mean, it... it uh, it was developed. Uh, the Unreal Engine was developed by Epic Games, and uh, it's it's almost single-handedly. I mean, we talked about Nvidia, and there's there's a lot of players in the industry, but 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 uh, Unreal has really, um, you know, since it came out in 1998, really come such a long way and really pushed the boundaries as far as you know what's capable as, uh, in in producing games. I mean, the tools that they've come out with, uh, it, it's it's really become the the, the go-to for game engine developers. Really, uh, I think you're using Unreal, aren't you? Yes, uh, you know, traditionally game development uh, involved uh, lengthy development cycles. In fact, they still do. Um, it seems like every time the, the, the tools get better and the technology gets better, you're thinking, okay, we can do things much, much faster and, and uh, more efficiently. You can, uh, but then again, now people are putting way more, they want more stuff in there, more, more graphics, uh, you know, higher end uh, 
you know, assets in there, more VFX, uh, more animation, and that kind of technology. So, um, you know, it, it basically game production encompasses all stages of uh, developing a video game from the initial idea to the final release. Um, and uh, like I said, it, it can be a, a, an iteration and time uh, consuming process. Um, until a lot of the real-time game engines like uh, Unreal Engine, uh, uh, Unity, um, Source Engine as well from uh, Valve, a lot of those are helping accelerate that iteration uh, and, and testing phases so you can get uh, that feedback loop you know, for faster development cycles and more efficient workflows. But like I said, it still is a long, long development time on certain games. In fact, the one I'm working on is has been around, uh, is still in development, and it's been years. So yeah. it, it can take a lot of time, even now, even with the higher, uh, you know, uh, technology, <laughs> the better technology you've got today. But I was going to get back to uh, Tim Sweeney, actually, is was the first generation uh, of Unreal, which is, was created. Um, and he's basically, well, he is the founder of Epic Games, and, and he started by creating uh, tools for a shareware game, uh, ZZT, back in 1991 and Jill of the Jungle in 1992. So um, he basically began writing the actual Unreal Engine that had the editor around 1995. Um, here's, a, here's an example of, uh, of ZZT, how, how, uh, how the graphics were so amazing back then. Um, remember that? Look at that. Look at that screen. Um, That's some impressive... Uh, well, you know, pixelated was the thing, and... I think that was just you know that was a style that a lot of a lot of games had just because the technology is so bad and you know you you, you work with what you've got you know and you do the best with what you know what you what you're what you have and uh, it, it it it's always been impressive it's just been a ma order of magnitudes uh, improved you know from to, to from then till today um, I think yeah go ahead I agree I was just gonna say uh, he was lic he licensed it in 1996. Uh, um, to, I believe, Microprose and Legend Entertainment. Um, and Sweeney, um, Tim, uh, wrote about 90% of the code in the engine, including the graphics tools and, uh, and the networking system. So um, I think a lot of the times, that was around the time when a, a lot of graphics cards were coming to fruition. Uh, we talked about that last time with 3D effects, with the Voodoo graphics, and um, it, 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 a lot of the, the technology wasn't being taken advantage of with the 3D cards because um, it wasn't written, but uh, Unreal changed that and started, uh, you know, writing uh, shaders and colored lighting and um, that you, you'd see. So, for example, the first edition right here, uh, 1998, this was uh, just kind of screenshots of Unreal Engine uh, 1. Um, like I said, this is introduced in 1998. Uh, for the first-person uh, shooter game, Unreal, which was going to be um, competing with Quake um, from ID, and um, this, this, uh, these are some of the editors that you could actually have with the game. So it allowed a lot of the um, level designers to do things that they weren't able to do before, and so it was, it was very uh, had a lot of advanced graphics for its time, including dynamic lighting and, and uh, uh, in fact, uh, Unreal. Uh, the game uh, was worked on by a buddy of mine, Dave Carter, uh, an animator. He was one of the main animators on that game for Unreal. Um, worked with him for a few years. Unfortunately, he passed away um, a few years back, but uh, great guy. Um, in fact, uh, he I, I think I might have mentioned another um, uh, podcast, but he 
I guess there were, he had a he had, early on in his life he had um, gotten a motorcycle accident and, and um, unfortunately he had lost his, his uh, one of his legs and he had a, a prosthetic there and um, they actually modeled a character in a believe Unreal tournament that actually had a, a similar leg to what he used to wear. Um, just a little trivia there. He was he was a great guy. Miss him a lot. You know, one one of the things I remember uh, early on was. Well, and I, that was part of my most of my early game development career was was creating pre-rendered cutscenes. Uh, I mean, you'd have the game, but then to actually do the storytelling, you'd have to insert these these uh, cutscenes, which all had to be pre-rendered because the technology wasn't really there to to you know tell the story. It was more just uh, around for the gameplay elements and. Uh, you know, that's that's. I think that's one of the most important aspects of, of Unreal uh, has had on on game production in, in general. It's just, you know, it's the advancement in real time rendering and, and the photorealistic uh, manner that it's it, that things can be rendered uh, today. It was it was it was time consuming to do pre rendered cutscenes, and you know, I, I've had to move on to doing real time visual effects, which is actually even more exciting. Uh, you know, it it uh, it does. It is limited by the technology, whereas, you know, the pre-rendered stuff, you could, you know, you really pretty pretty much could do anything, uh, you know, because you had a lot, you know, unlimited, you know, you didn't have to do it in real time. <laughs> so, right. you know, you could do a lot a lot of things that you couldn't do in the engine. But but now uh, Unreal has really brought, uh, you know, brought this pre-rendered, uh, excuse me, the, has gotten rid of pre-rendered and really brought in this real-time uh, rendering capability that has really allowed us to, to, to create uh, really lifelike uh, you know, uh, graphics and, and lighting. And I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Well, here's a video of Unreal 1 and 2. So you can kind of look at it back in 1996, what we used to see. Um, you know, it was a 3D environment, had some shadows and things like that going on. So it looked pretty good. I mean, the video is very, very low res. I think it's like 320. Uh, but then you've got Unreal Engine that comes, up, comes about in 2002. Um, and that was uh, introduced uh, new features uh, which actually included robust physics engines and enhanced tools for level designers um, and it, it uh, in fact it made its debut with America's Army a free multiplayer shooter basically uh, created uh, by the US Army for recruitment purposes and then of course uh, Unreal 3 was released in 2006 and that really I think was the biggest game changer for the industry um, that, that, that uh, just the, the visuals that you would see with that including Gears of War that was using it at the time, Bioshock, Mass Effect, um, and, and it introduced at that point advanced rendering techniques like you're talking about, really, really high quality materials and supports uh, support for basically uh, X- Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Um, yeah, right. The, what, you're, what we're seeing there, it actually looks like physical, physically based rendering or PBR, or what they call PBR, uh, which came came with the release of Unreal Engine 4 and it really made like those materials and those textures appear, you know, even more realistic and the shadows really look, you know, physically based. Well, yeah, the the the, the actual uh, a lot of the the de- detail you're seeing here too also is using a lot of normal mapping. Uh that that was came out right around came out before uh that release of Unreal Engine 3, but it was used a lot uh it, as an industry standard, pretty much at that point, you saw it everywhere. And basically, normal mapping is, in in a nutshell, not to get too technical, uh, is basically allows you to um, show um, you have a low low resolution character. For here's a here's a perfect example. You have a high res uh, character's face on the left on B, and then C 
uh, is, uh, for example, they let's say B, they use a ZBrush uh, to do a high-res, high-resolution sculpt, which has a ton of polygons. I mean, you know, could be millions up to. And then they've got a low resolution for the game, which is C. And then the normal map basically makes the makes it look, it's like a bump map, but it makes it look like uh, it's got the high-resolution detail in, in, in image D. And so if you see that, uh, Gears of War did the same thing. So if you see the, their, their low-resolution character here back in, in 2006 when it was released, you see the high-res version that's it, 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 with the textures and everything else uh, makes it look like it's high-res, excuse me, makes it look like it, it, it's super, super high-res. And so it, it's basically a way of faking um, lighting and bumps and dents and implementation. So it adds that detail without using more polygons and cause, because that was the huge drawback at the time was you couldn't push a ton of polygons. I mean, and that was the whole thing is optimization of polygons in your game engine. So it would run at a fast rate so people wouldn't get sick. Yeah, so level of detail is, is kind of where that comes in. You know, you'd, you'd have, I mean, the more polygons, the more detail, the more the more realistic things look. I mean, that you'd have to, actually, in the old days, you'd have to, you know, in some of these, you'd have to model in wrinkles and model in pores and model in, I mean, whatever, just, just to make the mesh look smooth, you had to have, you know, like you said, millions of polygons. And, and uh, ZBrush was really uh, good at creating high-resolution models, but uh, those were not practical to use in-game uh, just for the reasons we've talked about. And that's one of the real strengths that Unreal Engine has, has, has uh, you know, one of the tools, they've, they've, they've come up with a, something called uh, Nanite, uh, which is a technology that uh, is, a, is a, it's a real game-changer because it, it basically uh, introduces the concept of virtualized geometry, which uh, is, a, is a way to, to have these high-resolution uh, you know, as, as a matter of fact, you could have millions, and you can see them here, millions and millions and millions of, of polygons, basically, uh, and <coughs> not have take any real hit to the, the rendering, because that's really where, where it comes down to, is the ability to render them out. I mean, the higher, higher resolution your models are, the longer it takes to calculate and render the light, you know, get, get all that thing to, to render it out. And so uh, Nanite has just a, has been a huge improvement in in uh, game development because you can it's almost you know if you t turn your meshes into what are called you know a, a nanite capable uh which is just a it's just a more efficient way of handling uh the geometry um and it, it, it allows you to represent all those details in the geometry and really make these things look high resolution instead of having to rely on normal maps and they still use those but you know you actually have the physical detail in the models that you're looking at yeah, and that was released with Unreal Engine five, uh, and and basically like like you're saying, it uh, it's how does Nanite work? It 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 gives you that um, loss of uh, non loss of your geometry detail. So basically, during the import of the the meshes are analyzed and just basically broken down into um, clusters or triangle groups, um, and those clusters are swapped on the fly at varying levels of detail. Uh, on the cam based on the camera view and, and uh, so you you can get things that look like they're um, I mean they have uh, quixel scans that that there are millions and millions of polygons and that's why you see those you know sweeping vistas way out in the distance and then close up you can zoom in zoom in really really close to your camera and things look, look real I mean it's it's basically uh, you know bypasses those traditional um, draw calls what they call the rendering passes that they used to do so um it, it's yes, done that all in real time 
Yes, and that 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 eliminated. Well, I mean, they, 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 it's still used to some, to, at some level, but you know, we all you know, we had to create levels of detail, and and you had to. So basically, you'd have a high resolution model for anything close up. You'd have a medium resolution model for the mid 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 ground characters, and then you'd have really low resolution uh, characters for the background. And you had to, you know, if the cat character is moving from the background to the foreground, or from the foreground to the background, you had to have a way of swapping those uh, those uh, versions of of the character. And they, you know, it, it, they, you know, that's one thing that I really didn't like about all the some of the older games is you'd actually see those level of details popping. You'd see it. You know, it wasn't seamlessly seamlessly blending between each level of detail. Right, either fade in or it would pop in. Yeah, you'd see that a lot. Kind of, kind of takes you out of the game when you see things like that. Um, but you know, the, the the with Unreal Engine Five, I mean, that nanite technology basically um, multiple orders of magnitude increased uh, geometry complexity. So you could have su- such higher triangle and object counts since than has been possible before. Uh, in real time. Yeah, another uh, amazing breakthrough, and uh, gosh, just we're getting <laughs> this podcast is moving quickly again. Uh, was the introduction of MetaHuman? You want to talk a little bit about MetaHuman? Well, um, I could do bl- MetaHuman or Blueprints. Uh, which which did you want? I mean, <laughs> well, go, go ahead. And we'll, we'll show the we have got some pretty pictures of, of some MetaHumans. But let's go ahead and cover Blueprints real quick. Well, blueprints. There was a thing called Unreal Script, and that was that was native scripting language, which uh, which was before the release of Unreal Engine four, um, and it's it was basically designed for simple and high level programming. Um, in, you know, in, in, instead of it was influenced by C plus plus and Java, um, but it was a it was um, it was followed today by what the, I mean. They still use Unreal Script; it's still available, but it's. Uh, blueprints are now the new visual scripting uh, language that you use, and um, it, it's it's similar. Let me give you a, an image of what it basically is. Um, it's kind of like a drawing flowcharts to define how objects in the game should behave. So the one on the right is is your code, and then the, this is kind of a, a overly simplistic way of doing it. But basically, it's kind of like a visio uh, visual scripting. You know, drawing the flowcharts and how things connect to each other and behave and and designers have the ability to perform those uh, tasks that were once exclusive just to programmers. Um, and you can create and modify objects. You can import, uh, incorporate different functions, um, subtracting, adding things. Um, and so it, it's interesting today that you, you can get in there today and just do a quick uh, connecting, basically nodes. I mean, you're connecting nodes to get things to work. Um, and you do have certain things in there that are given by Unreal Engine that, that people have already created. And then you've got specific that your own, uh, your own game team can create uh, um, functions and things like that uh, and, and tools within Unreal's blueprints so you can use those too. Yeah, the nice thing about that is there's no coding required. I mean, if you're afraid of coding or you don't know how to do coding, all you need to do is use some of these uh, nodes, which which are basically, you know, they they're, they're little boxes that contain, you know, like you said, functions or or uh, you know maybe uh, you know a, some AI uh, behavior in some of mm-hmm. these nodes. And when you plug them <clears throat> together, you can really get you that that's how you basically are doing your programming is you're just creating a flow through these nodes that do different things to to what you want. I mean, you can actually have you know, it, it, it build your own gameplay mechanics, or, or you know, in your interactions, and and just create that logic without actually you know having 
to have that traditional programming experience. It's it's pretty amazing stuff. And you know, I there's a uh, oh, I wish I oh I do ha I think I have it here. Um, but there's some uh, some really great ways that uh, it's being used in the in VFX where uh, the uh, you know when you shine a light, say uh, on I think I've got that in here. But basically, she you can shine a light on say a crowd of uh, of uh, bugs. Um, and, uh, and uh, have the bugs move out of the light, uh, just basically through through you know, how you set up your node network. It's it's pretty amazing thing stuff here. Yes, and this this basically democratizes game development, mm -hmm. and enables you know artists, designers, people who like you said don't have uh, programming uh, you know experience, uh, don't know how to do it. <laughs> for basically, most people. I mean, there are there are some animators as well that can do scripting and things like that, but it just allows. Um, you know, uh, us to artists and designers to uh, prototype, implement, implement game mechanics without uh, relying on those dedicated programmers. Um, so that that uh, is very helpful, especially if uh, you don't have a an, a programmer that's uh, on, on your uh, on your team. Yeah, it's a great way to learn the the, the game design and the game logic. Uh, you know, you can gradually get you know by using that node network, you can. You can gain confidence in, in you know, trend. It's a, it's really there's some basic concepts and there's more advanced concepts in game development. But you know, using the blueprint, you can really kind of learn the fundamentals of how the game logic and, and how how it all comes together. Uh, and you, you could do it yourself. You could create a whole game yourself now with blueprint. You don't have to be, be a programmer. That's that's the cool thing about it. Yes, and and there's a lot of other other things. For example, I mean, look at the detail you had. I think this is like one of the matrix demos in the top left or the top center. Um, but the detail you can get with Nanite for these buildings and the, the, the lighting that you have uh, with Loom, using Lumen. I mean, we didn't, we didn't really discuss Lumen as their, um, their real-time, um, basically high-fidelity. Um, I would say, would you say it's ray tracing? I, I, I don't know if it's actually ray tracing. I know it's global illumination, uh, but it, I think it's also doing some ray tracing as well. Yeah, I think it's right. We 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 covered this a little bit in our last podcast. Right, it, it's it dep really depends on what's you know the application for it, but it's doing ray tracing. It's doing and it's doing path tracing, uh, which is really amazing. And you're sh you're showing some of those uh, you know, and you can see how, how and this is the Matrix uh, 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 film from uh, Unreal that they just recently put out, and you can just you can see the level of I mean the it looks it looks real because you're getting all that radiosity and you're getting all that that global illumination. You're getting all that you know the Technically, it's path tracing, but uh, you know uh, what you see, you know what you're seeing here is just is the result of that. Uh, I mean, these are thousands and thousands, if not you know tens of thousands, of course, of, of, of calculations. That I mean, those paths have to be traced, and they bounce, and they you know that's how you get re your, your ray tracing and your reflections and uh, the lighting effects and, and the shadows on the volumetrics. Uh, it's 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 pretty sweet. It's just you know I've I, after, you know before I saw this. Um, I mean, this is revolutionary, Sean. I mean, Unreal has really pushed the boundaries uh, as far as, you know, the real-time rendering. This is all done in real time, which is the most amazing thing of all because, you know, I come from the world of pre-rendered, as I said, and you just didn't see stuff like this. It's just incredible. Well, the, the thing is, with, with the games that I've worked on with, with, that had their own proprietary engines, which were really good, it, it costs a lot of money to keep those engines going. And um, especially with, with Unreal pushing those boundaries of graphics fidelity um you're and, and it's and now i mean it's 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 been around for the licensing is is really really uh pretty pretty amazing really it, they have a royalty model with uh, uh 
Um, and so you can download it for free. You can, you can check it out. There's a lot of the assets are free. Um, the character animations, things like that. You can actually start plugging in and creating your own games um, for free. And so, um, so, you know, it's, it, they have a royalty model. Basically, developers return 5% of the gross revenue to Epic Games um, after a certain point. Uh, I believe it's after gross revenue of about a million dollars. Um, so I think that's still in effect. Um, I don't know the, 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 the details about that specifically for um, our company, but the one I'm working for. But I, I believe that's pretty much standard that they're, they're doing. Um, and that allows people to develop um, you know, games from scratch without having a huge team um, that costs a ton of money to develop their own engine in-house. So uh, Unity is also out there, but Unreal is pretty much, I think, do- the most dominant as far as um, the high fidelity uh, graphics uh, that you're looking for. Yes, and they, and it's not just the game game engine itself. I mean, Unreal's got a whole library of of uh, tools to help you create realistic stuff. I mean, they, you know, you have to create assets for your game, and and one of those is, is MetaHuman, and I we we've talked about this in the past, and you know, you can they have libraries of characters that you can and motions and and asset, you know environments that you can download and and use. I mean, they're all hooked up. They've got audio in them. They've got uh, you know just whatever i mean whatever you can think of you can go and, and basically download uh, these these assets into your game and then customize those to your liking you can you know grab a meta character you can change their hair mm-hmm. you can change their eyes you can change their you know their facial animations uh, you can customize just just about everything you know their clothes um, and when you you know you couple that with real time motion capture and facial performance you you get some really realistic looking characters it's 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 an amazing technology yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of that technology, they didn't have themselves. A lot of it was acquired through, uh, specifically, three companies: uh, Three Lateral, Cubic Motion, and Quixel. And so, a lot of those those companies that have this new technology that's coming out, um, they just they just basically buy them, <laughs> and so they're using that technology and integrating it into Unreal. So, they have a lot of those partnerships, and there's a, there's a lot of that uh, new technology that's still coming. Uh, there's there's a thing called I believe uh, reality capture and that product um, uh, is going to be it, it basically allowing you to capture uh, generate 3D models basically uh, out of any uh, any object from a collection of photographs taken from uh, multiple angles and so they're integrating that currently um, into Unreal as well. Yes, and we're kind of getting to the end of the podcast, and we didn't even get to, to uh, discuss Niagara, which is their VFX. Uh, yeah, that's your that's m- your uh, wheelhouse. So, so we'll we'll do a separate podcast or the on control that. rig that they 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 integrated into for animation to do IK and 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 corrections and things like that. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely catch up on that. Uh, we'd like to thank you for being part of our podcast today. It looks like we're out of time again, uh, and we really had a great time answering Liam's question. How is Unreal Engine changing game production? And uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion and that you learned something that you didn't know along the way. Uh, we think that you should learn something new every week, whether you need to or not. It's just an imperative, you know. And if you did, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends because uh, word of mouth is the best kind of advertising, even in this digital age. Uh, and hit that like button too because it helps YouTube's algorithm find other people like you who are interested in, in what we talk about here on the CG Insider podcast. And um, we do these podcasts just for you. And if you've got a subject that you would like to, us to discuss, uh, let us know about it, would you? Because uh, we, we, we really produce these you know, for you. And uh, you can do that by heading over to our website 
at the cgbros.com and up to the About Us tab and click on the Ask Us Anything uh, drop down just like Liam did. We're always looking to improve our podcasts and make them more interesting and useful to you, so we need your input. Leave us a comment below, and if you do, no guarantees. There's a good chance we'll be reading it on one of our future podcasts and mention you by name. Uh, we bring you a new cutting-edge edition right here every week of the CG Insider. We discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, and other cool and interesting topics. Um, you can also find uh, audio versions of our podcast on all major audio po- podcast platforms as well. If you haven't checked out the CG Bros YouTube channel yet, what are you waiting for? It's your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Um, you also find some really cool VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes from really amazing studios and creators as well. Yeah, we can't wait to see you here again for next week's podcast. Uh, we'll be answering another great fan question. Uh, I think next week's is what are the what are five best examples of realistic VFX? Uh, that's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, that like I said, that's your your wheelhouse. Can't wait to see it. See you next time. Well. That does it for today. We sure hope you enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is Unreal Engine changing game production? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd sure like to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us to obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned on a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notifications when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and prospects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what are the five best examples of realistic BFX? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2329 of the CG Pro CG Insider broadcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.